1: Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. Jr. and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and Jr. Rochford.
2: Here we are, Anthony Correo and J.R. Rochford, taking a break from our day-to-day as financial advisors to bring you some information you may not be getting on those other money shows. We realize the last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here. So thank you for taking time out of your weekend or at midnight on the podcast like those kids do. So Anthony, today, today, as we record, this is June 14th. It is a Wednesday and what I'm reading this morning, you know me, I wake up, I read before I go to bed. I read, I'm pretty sure in my sleep, you know how some people sleepwalk. I'm pretty sure I sleep read because I wake up with new information. It's all bogus, but at least I have it. So (laughs) anyway, today, what I'm reading today is the big fed meeting, the federal reserve. Did you know, a lot of people don't even know that the federal reserve is not federal. Did you know that? It's I didn't know that. Yes, but a lot of people didn't. So yeah, the Federal Reserve—it's not federal, but anyway—the Fed meeting is today, and there, people are waiting with bated breath. Are they going to pause? Are they going to raise things? You—you you do realize the people that are in charge of whether or not our inflation changes—you know, the non-inflation slash transitory inflation slash uh, do what? Is, I mean, <laughs> oh, they've dis- had a lot inflation. of what
3: terms that they've come up with. What was uh? The one about they're not doing a bailout, they called it a Backstop. Break, backstop. Yeah. Backstop. These people no are very ba- creative. Ba- oh, they man. must be English majors because they sure as hell don't know how to work the economy.
2: That is true. Well, and today we'll get further proof of that because I sit there and it's just so funny that like the suspense, you know, the, the the suspense is building. Will they pause? Will they pause but yet set the stage for next month to raise? Who gives a sh- darn it's all baloney. The people that are in control of all this, they're the ones that create our problem. Do you do you remember too big to fail? Do you remember the TARP, the troubled asset relief program? Did, did you ever hear the word quantitative easing? They have all these great terminology. The fiscal cliff. Remember the fiscal cliff? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna fall off the cliff. Ooh, I'm scared. So anyway, I just I found it funny that I start my day by hearing all this stuff, and I'm just like, who cares? Who cares at all? And, you know, I, I'm going yeah, to jump right into it. So yesterday, <laughs> look at me going back in time. So yesterday, I'm reading, they, it, it turns out that they have the cost of living adjustment ready for 2024. I don't know if you saw that. So they're saying it's going tell to Tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, it came out 2.7%. All right, how I tie this yesterday's news in with today's news. So, they're saying that the inflation is down to 4% now, in the range of 4%. Their target inflation, <laughs> their target inflation is 2%, but it's at 4%. So they need that inflation to keep going down. You know, and by the way, do you realize they take out food and energy, gas? The prices of gas, which, I mean, I know they've plummeted in recent weeks. I'm only paying like $4.23 now <laughs> for my gas. And that's if you know, have a regular celebrate. car. Yeah, good night. I hope I don't ever buy a BMW or a Mercedes or a Rolls-Royce SUV. Did you know there's a Rolls-Royce SUV? I, I saw did. one last week and I was like, wow. So you can be practical and pompous. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's you know, I, I, it's funny you guys bring up bringing bringing up the rolls royce i just saw this morning i was reading something online and i just saw an ad and and we always talk about on this show you guys do about how people are not awake and they're they're worried about as jr says the mass singer or you know in some other cases and this is more towards the male demographic worried about that night's big game right and that's all well and good that's cool but it's the little things too. I was just reading something this morning and there was an ad, a digital ad on this website that was explaining how to get bird poop off of your car, anything to distract you, right? It's whether it could be the big things, it could be sports. It could be the mass singer. It could be all of these new reality shows, or it could be simple digital ads like bird poop, how to get bird <laughs> poop off your car and nobody. And it that's just another way for people to get distracted and, and not really focus in on the real issues that are going on right now.
2: Even when Jim says the word bird poop, it's kind of engaging because that radio voice, have you noticed that Anthony, Jim can come on and talk about bird poop. People are like, ah, yeah, no, I want to know more about bird poop. So yeah, no, our, our country is definitely dumbed down from the education system up. So, and I'm married to a teacher, newly retired teacher. Her name is Sandy. She is my wife and Anthony's mother. And she's now in the office. So our family practice has expanded by one anyway. So, yeah. So from education system up, you know, we, we, it's, it's end times Rome, what we're living, you know, speaking of sports, what Las Vegas last night, they, they won the big hockey thing, you know, uh, (laughs) what, what happened in Denver, the nuggets or whatever they are, they uh, 10 people shot because they're celebrating it's yeah. There's a lot in the news that, and and it is important. You want to know something more important? if you ask me, and I do see things through a financial lens more than I do a social lens, political lens, all that stuff. So, and I see all that, but my focus is finances. You know, I went on the uh, usdebtclock.org yesterday and I've been saying lately, you know, 31.7 trillion in debt. Well, now it's 31.9 trillion in debt. So I kind of figure coming up soon, we're going to hit 32 trillion in debt. That'll Mm, be interesting.
3: Yeah. Let me uh, retort. Um, who cares? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so, see your argument and the point <laughs> you're trying to make, but uh, uh, yeah, no, who cares?
2: You know what? I'm guessing <laughs> and I'm guessing more people do care about how to remove, <laughs> remove bird poop from their car than the desert. So you're right. No, it's, it's just so funny because you know, when I was new in this job and we used the word billions and and people were kind of freaked out. I mean, the word billions was scared of people. And now the thing is trillions. What? I don't know. Is there a magic number that will wake people up and will upset people? I don't think 32, just because it's not a fancy number, it's going to have to be 35, 40, 45 or 50 trillion.
3: I don't think anybody will ever care until they realize how it affects them. And I think the debt ceiling, yeah. us reaching it and defaulting on our loans as a country, I think that would have woken people up. But of course, we just kicked the can down the line there. So.
2: Well, and the country's broke. I mean, you know, we had a bad year last year for our people in Sun City that wanted to get less stocks and more bonds because bonds didn't do well. And and we're sitting back looking, you know, we look at the pension guarantee fund and, and the level of solvency. You know, you and I are talking about how pensions into the future may struggle you know, your mom is a retired teacher. She has that. It's, it's, it is really a great benefit for life. She's got the Arizona state retirement system, that ASRS. If she dies, I get, I don't know, half of her pension. You would think I would know that like as her advisor, but technically you're her advisor. She doesn't listen to me. If you say the same exact thing to Sandy that I say, I say, it and she's like, nothing, nothing. You say, it and she's like, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. So huh. I'm
3: the smart one in the family. We all know this.
2: No, you're the good looking one. You're the eye candy of the office. <laughs>
3: I'm all of I. it. I have all the good qualities <laughs> in this office.
2: And it's funny. It's a good thing Sandy got there because neither one of us are technically the smart one of the office. So,
3: no, no. You know, Let's lose the <laughs> crown to her now that she's here. We have we fired right. her yet. Are we ready to get rid of her?
2: She's been there, what, a week, two weeks? I don't know. She's been yeah, there for I'm now. getting tired of her. No, I, <laughs> she's already smarter wait. than
3: I am. She practically you know, runs the show already.
2: <laughs> right. No, she's very smart. It's she's having a very fast ramp up, which is good. So and we are busy. So we this is this is good timing.
3: Can we go back to that cost of living adjustment though, too? Because two point seven percent. I mean, what a joke. Obviously, things are way, Net. way better than that. And when you're talking about how they, they calculate the CPI, but they don't, you know, take in things that are relevant, you know, like food and energy. I mean, I when you talk about that, I think of the Dow Jones, you always tell people, you know, the Dow Jones, when everybody refers to the market, typically, they're talking about Dow Jones, but that's only 30 companies. And if the companies don't reform, they remove them. So if they don't want to raise cost of living adjustments for seniors, they change the scale of the CPIs to, yep. so that they don't have to so that they can reach their numbers. That's almost all I ever really learned in engineering about statistics is you, it's not real difficult to change the numbers to make them look however you want them to look, good or bad. There's so much manipulation involved.
2: Yep, and they have changed it. I mean, they have changed the way they, they put those numbers out, which is, I guess, I don't know, the whole thing's a sham. You know, and, and when I talk about the inflation numbers, the target inflation is two. They're saying we're at four which I think is really, really, I don't, I don't buy that for a second. I mean, and you know, taking out food and energy, that's just ridiculous. I don't, you know, we try not to eat fast food too often looking at us. That will be a a surprise to you, but we do. And it's funny. You're like, Oh, are you on a strict diet of salads? I am not. I am on a strict diet of Cheetos and Tito's because I want to enjoy my life. (laughs) So when you look at this, this 4%, I'm like, go to get fast food. I mean, they shouldn't take out food. I would say, take out everything else. I would leave in food and gas because I have to get to work and I have to eat. I don't have to do a lot of other stuff. So when you look at that 4%, I don't buy it. I mean, we went to, I'm sorry to say this. We went to McDonald's and I was just in shock. I mean, I I don't do a lot of the shopping, so I don't see as much as your mom does what's going on, but I I don't know. I was just like, when did that happen? When did two people at McDonald's need $20 to eat and we didn't have all that much food? So I, I don't know. I'm in shock. But anyway, so I think the inflation is worse than they're saying. I think this 2.7 for next year is a crock. And by the way, this is only June. So how are they putting out the number for next year? What if, you know, I don't know, there's a rate pause hike reduction. I don't give a crap about that today. And inflation changes between now and the end of the year. Are they going to adjust it? I mean, I hope so. I don't think they should release the number until the end of December. Or is it just to get us used to it? Do you realize in the last 20 years, there were three years that there was a zero cost of living adjustment on people's social security. Three, look that up. In the last twenty years, three times they did no increase. That's crazy. And each year, I mean, over the years, you know, one of the things I'm always hopped up on. You're giving foreign aid to roughly 150 out of 190 countries, and yet you're not giving your own people a raise. But you know, here well, I go again. You're kicking right, veterans right. out of hotels for putting in immigrants. So I'm I'm not happy with our our system here. Well, you gotta bribe way,
3: all those other countries to buy our debt so we can raise our debt ceiling. Ponzi our, schemes work as long as people keep buying into it. So
2: yes, that's how you do it. We're looking at you, Bitcoin, Ripple, Dogecoin, Shiba, you know. Yeah, all those all those things. And by the way, I mean we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Government we told you the government doesn't like competition. And all of a sudden, looking at Binance and Coinbase, the government is starting to smack down these cryptocurrencies. So, and you know, we used to think it was to make way. For the uh, FedNow, which starts in, what, about about a week, week and a half? I don't know. I'm not good with math or numbers, but I think it's July 1st-ish. So the FedNow, underneath that is blockchain. Above the FedNow, I mean, what what we're going to run is the central bank digital currency. I'm not so sure anymore. A few months back, we told you to look up something called Unicoin. I've I've been screaming to people, make sure you go on the website, betterthancash.org. Go on, betterthancash.org. You're going to see it really is going to be a lot more global than we thought. You know, we still try to think that this United States is the financial powerhouse. We're number 1, Germany is number 2, you know, the way it has always been. No, no, it's not. We are not. You know, it's obviously China and Russia since they kind of teamed up as buddies, India, it's it's other countries. The whole world seems to be tired of us. Do you realize years ago we we had one, this is going to sound political, but it's definitely financial. We had one political administration that overnight delivered pallets of cash to iran iran who was you know all over the media chanting death to america death to israel we were giving them cash we were trying to buy friends i guess i mean i don't i don't know you know but think about that so there's people in this country that have been food insecure for decades there's there's people you know we're telling our active duty military to to supplement their income with food stamps that's pretty sad while we're giving billions of dollars to ukraine we're telling our own troops, you should probably apply for food stamps because that's, that's the way to get by in this country, but a pallet of cash. And the only reason I bring that up, it's ancient history. I bring it up because it was a pallet of cash, literal cash. You mean like it was money orders? No, you mean official checks from Wells Fargo or no, no, it was cash. All right. So I don't know. I mean, it's so funny. If people really, really knew all this stuff that was going on, would they lean toward me? and get upset or would they lean toward what you said about the desk clock? who cares they're going to change the channel they're going to go back to the mass singer by the way it's been really quiet here on wednesday nights because the mass singer i guess is on summer break or hiatus or whatever <laughs> they're finding new cotton you candy wigs <laughs> so yeah i have nothing to do on wednesday nights to make fun of all right so uh let's talk about banks for a second let's switch gears and talk about banks
3: it's my favorite <laughs> topic what? Yeah, what did it's Wells harder. Fargo do now? I'm just assuming it's them.
2: Well, now we're on. We're now it's on banking while black. I think is the catchy little phrase. I saw in one of the articles. There's there's That's, discrimination stuff, but it's like reverse discrimination. Like if you're African American, they give you more favorable interest rates and and loans. And I I don't know. I didn't read the article yet, so I I'm not well versed in it. But it's just it's never stopping. It is nonstop. So and and Wells Fargo. I mean, I I just, we saw our buddy Randy yesterday and Randy said that he read something or saw something and I haven't talked to him yet today to, to try to figure out where he saw it. Wells Fargo, some of the branches are putting a, a withdrawal limit of $1,000. So I don't know if this is true. I mean, this might be purely entertainment on this part, but he said that he saw something that said that Wells Fargo is putting up signs saying you can only withdraw 1,000. Well, and it's a matter of time. I mean, you know, every the media stopped telling us that there's a problem with the banks. So we stopped thinking there was a problem with the banks. So it's funny, you and I, every week we hear about people and their stories on how much they can get out of the banks and how it goes. I've been telling people, keep taking money out of the banks. It's not over. If you have a car payment, even if you are you have a 0% interest rate, it's like, well, who in their right mind? on a 0% interest rate. And obviously you must've had that car at least five years. So who would take money out of the bank and pay off that car or pay it down? Me, not because, and by the way, being debt-free is wonderful. Having that off of your neck is a good thing. So not a bad strategy. Ooh, look at me channeling my inner Dave Ramsey, hey, except hey. without the time exit there lawsuit going on. But anyway, so who would pay off the car? Me. It's not so much about being debt-free. It's getting it out of the bank. You know, paying off your credit card. We have people once in a while, you got 10 grand in credit card debt and you've got 15 grand in the bank. And I'm like, why don't you take 10 of that grands and grands and pay off that credit card debt? And they're like, well, no, because what if I have an emergency? I'm like, yes, but if you pay off that car, you have five grand. That's pretty good for an emergency. Yeah, but what if I need an air conditioner? And that's nine grand. All right, so then you put it back on a credit card. I mean, you go right back to where you were. So you, it's called repositioning assets for a better result. My father used to say repositioning assets for a more favorable result. Well, so you're just trying to move money around. Nah, if it betters your situation all day long, of course. So I would say pay down credit card debt, start pulling some cash out if you haven't already. If you have a safe deposit box and you think there's any chance of the big bank holiday and then the don't worry, your money's safe, well then why don't you open the doors? The, you know, when the bailin gets here, People are going to be surprised. Anybody that's been within 100 yards of me won't be surprised, you know, and and 200 yards of you. You're still not as vocal as I am about all this stuff. But if you get near me, you you probably know that I think it's more than likely. You know, is it a 50-50 chance? I think it's higher than that. Do I think it's a 90% chance? No. Or I would go to all the clients and say, pull all your money. Leave just what you need for three months of your mortgage, your insurance, your cell phone, all that. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, there's better options like cash, physical cash in your house, or get you get together with all your neighbors and pool all of your physical cash and put it on a pallet, and we can figure out how to send that stuff <laughs> to Iran, or probably now to be Ukraine. But you know what I'm saying? Same difference. Let's let's make another country happy at our expense. So um, just to finish up with the banks, I would still act accordingly if you think we could be on the right track. You know when Silicon Valley. When that bank went south, Signature Bank, First Republic, they made the news. Credit Suisse didn't, which was odd because that was the most international of all that activity. So when those took a dump, we were all scared and we were talking about it. And then it went away. So you're thinking everything's good now. I'm not so sure. There's no money. The bank's taking your money. If you ever read a deposit agreement, it says you give us your money. We'll do our best to give it back to you. But in the meantime, we are going to use it. Mortgages, reverse mortgages, business loans, mortgage-backed securities, whatever you want. Derivatives. If you've ever if you want to really get deep into financial planning, research derivatives and get back to me. Let me know what you what you think about that one. So with these banks, they have no money. You know that they, they, we have been told by higher ups in a bank that it is not like it was in the '60s or whatever, where there was a big safe and it had a time delay, and there were these burlap sack, canvas bags with dye packs, and you know there was a stagecoach. I'm sure the stagecoach was opening up fake accounts depending on where it was. So with the banks, oh, the woman that was in charge, (laughs) some of the stuff you can't make up, the woman that was in charge of First Republic Bank, I wish I had written down the name. I, I started reading about it. She is now in charge of, so that means like she was the CEO of First Republic Bank, and now she is the CEO and or in charge of the Central Bank of Turkey. Turkey, the, the country, the, the there's a country called Turkey. It's more than just a Thanksgiving thing. There's a country and she's in charge of it. And I'm like, are you kidding? You know, remember in the 2008 and all that stuff, when Lehman Brothers went south and everything kind of got weird. Uh, Timothy Geithner, does that name ring a bell to you, Anthony? You were, were kind of mm-hmm. young at the time. All of the people, the bad actors from all of the shenanigans, where did they go to work <laughs> when, when they left their little banks and their little investment places? They went to the government. They went to work for the government, (laughs) you know, when when they find a really good hacker, when you find something to get past any password encryption, what do they do? They hire them for the government because that's just a pool of geniuses. So anyway, so look it up, see if you can find what I found that first Republic CEO is now in charge of a a central bank, a global central bank. So good, good for them. Uh, I heard that there's a spy base in Cuba now that like, Cuba, which is what, 90 miles away from Florida, there's a spy base. So that's that's interesting. What does it have to do with money? Nothing. Nothing. I just find it interesting. I think it's cool. (laughs) It's spy base
3: for who in Cuba? Uh, For
2: the Chinese, for the Chinese Chinese who own a lot of homes, a lot of land in the country. I had heard years ago that China picked up a 50 square mile parcel of land in Idaho. Not don't picture like, you know, 50 square mile. If you drove 50 miles to your north, 50 miles to your south, what that that's a big piece of land. And apparently, they've been buying up buildings. And I've heard that there's police stations in different cities. I mean, I don't know. I just had a person tell me, a realtor friend told them that China owns something like 92, I don't want to miss this, 92 million homes in the United States, whatever, whatever it is. It was a huge number. And I'm like, well, I have to dig into that because that doesn't sound right. I know Blackstone, Blackrock, and Vanguard. I know those names. I know they're big on buying houses probably just because they want to help the country. Oh, speaking, I'm kind of scattered today. are not I? This is nice. I'm, I'm off my meds. So I apologize. Yeah, but
3: give us good information. Also side note, I, real quick, I did look up uh, how much land China owns and it came up with an article about farmland and it says that they own, and this is a Forbes magazine article that uh, 384,000 acres, which comes out to about 600 square miles.
2: 600 square miles. And if mm-hmm. one of those parcels are 50 square miles, that's troubling because that's a big piece of land. And I, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's a lot of land. I'd have to see that you know, put over a map. 600 square miles.
3: You don't know if that's a lot of land?
2: I I don't. It doesn't seem like a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot to me. I mean, it's I own like about thirty two trillion 10 trillion million. in debt isn't a lot. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, the answer is who cares,
3: care. JR? Who cares? Who cares?
2: Who cares what China <laughs> owns? <laughs> you know, it's it's so funny. And a lot of the things that I talk about that are current events and how they may affect your finances in the future, nothing seems to affect your finances now. Dow Jones is back to thirty four thousand. Like, who cares? But it's all going to affect your finances. So we're just trying to be proactive and not reactive. We're trying to have you prepared, not scared. And you know, by the way, usually when we're able to help people. It, if we make them more defensive, we better their situation anyway. If we help you with an ultra short-term insurance product, I call it a CD alternative, just like a one-year product. It's just like a CD. I'm I'm making you safer, and I'm getting your money out of the bank. So you're getting great rates right now. You're getting your money out of the bank, so life is good. And if yeah, a year anyway. goes by, you, you don't need it, roll it. You need it, take it out. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. We have really, it's a good time for our office right now. So speaking of BlackRock, Vanguard and Blackstone, I did read this week that BlackRock is buying Amnesty what is it? <laughs> Amnesty Ancestry.com. They're not buying Amnesty International, don't worry kids. They are buying ancestry.com. How how does that how do those two tie? I mean why would BlackRock want millions of people's information, their DNA, whatever? I I can't make that tie in together. You know, the tinfoil hat comes on and I'm like, well, you know, we're hearing all this stuff about artificial intelligence. So what if they were able to use my DNA that they now own because they own ancestry and then using artificial intelligence, they can place me at the scene of a crime that I was nowhere near, but they can make it seem like I was. And then they can incarcerate me because I'm a criminal. I mean, is that way out there? Is that crazy?
3: I mean The answer
2: is yes by your silence, but a lot of other yeah. things make me crazy, so I'm not worried about that. No, and I it's know, one of those Anthony. things,
3: too. I was like, you know, just the, the whole the way the whole office is run, it's the prepared, the educated. Like, if, if it happened, it wouldn't surprise me. Do I think it'll happen? I don't know. But if it did happen, if it was that extreme, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me at this point.
2: Which is good. It's good to hear you say that because I mean, I know I'm, I'm almost 30 years older than you. You know, I have seen more, you, you've grown up into computers. You've grown up more into instant gratification. You have a cell phone with you, wherever you go. I mean, I, I, I watch what's going on with people and it's, it's, everything's instant for you. the The thing is that distracts you from thinking more deep for more critical thinking, potentially, maybe not you, I'm making a sweeping generalization, yeah, but it is, rude, it's rude. just why would you look at history when you can look at TikTok? I mean, a dancing, singing cat is way, way more engaging than some of the stuff that I look at.
3: Well, you looking know, at history, I mean, you know, you always like to talk about when I first came into the office, saying there was always something to worry about, and that's the truth. There was always something to worry about. I don't think things are that much worse, or not necessarily that much worse. They're definitely bad it's we're at a turning point i do agree there but it's just something bad will happen and then we'll recover and then something will move
2: on but there's always been something to worry about maybe two or three but now there's 10 i mean there we are proportionately more fragile there's proof of that the debt clock is proof of that there's the what is is the doomsday clock how close we are to to annihilation I know that's extreme oh man this went by fast we're halfway done why don't we take a break? Let people know how they can find us, Anthony, because I have no idea.
3: So you can reach out to us directly at team at another money show.com. You can reach us by email. You can find us on the web book appointments with us. Uh, there's a contact page too. If you want to reach out to us through another money show.com. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear past episodes and especially everything that we have to say about the banks and how, They're not to be trusted, you know, well before they started failing and it made major news. Um, You can find Another Money Show wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts, Apple Music, Google, Spotify, all those fun spots. So uh, in the meantime, go check out old episodes and then we will be right back.
1: This is Another Money Show, except this one's different. This one's actually fun.
2: Welcome back to another money show. Thank you so much for being with us. So going into the break, Anthony told you about podcasts and our website. You know what he forgot to tell you? We have a YouTube channel. We want you to watch us. You need to see the eye candy of the office. Ladies, Anthony's single. So I just thrown out there. Oh, he's giving me a dirty look to right now. I hope that's a clip a week. Anthony just staring at me and shaking his head. So anyway, the YouTube channel. We've got about 51 little mini, they're about two minutes long or less videos. And somebody did ask me, they're like, well, that's great. But you know, it's just, it's, you just did a little highlight. There's a link. If you press the more button, there's a link to that week's show. So those little clips, they kind of give you an idea of what we talked about that week, or at least part of it. So, and we want to grow that thing. So like, and subscribe and put comments. We read all that stuff. We read your comments. And so we like that. Anyway, moving on. So, you know what we haven't done in a long time? We haven't given a shout out to Arlene and Peoria. I feel kind of bad because I think she's still listening and we <laughs> want her to know if she's stuck with us. And by the way, if Arlene, if you've stuck with us and you've heard us for a year and two months or whatever it is, thank you so much. I mean, I, I know, you know, you're retired. You're supposed to be enjoying life. You're hearing this stuff and you're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I
3: mean, you stressed her out. She was happy in retirement, just like I was happy before I uh, joined the office.
2: Oh, you're happy. You're loving this stuff. I mean, this is a pretty cool job. You're not out in the sun digging ditches. You're helping people better their situation and you're making a living doing it. So we could be doing worse things. And you know, what's really good when you, and I've known you since you were like 10 or 11 years old. I knew you had a good heart. I knew you wouldn't cheat people. So I wasn't really worried about that. What'd what'd you say? (laughs) Was I wrong? So, but. It's funny because, you know, there's still always in the back of my mind. I also know that you're an engineer. You you work analytically and you're numbers driven and minutiae driven. And I thought that there was a chance that you would be too smart to help people. You know, you got to figure you're going to have clients that are on different levels. And I don't, I don't want to offend anybody, but we have clients of all different levels of money, all different levels of intellect. You've got clients that they, they don't understand stuff. So you have to break it down. And make them just understand we're doing what's in their best interest. We, you know, we're a very safe driven practice. So we, our goal is to protect and grow in that order. And there's some people that don't understand the intricacies of doing so. They just appreciate that we do it. And then you have people, you have, there's one couple. I don't know if you'll pick up on who they are. He's an engineer and, and it's, I mean, he needs to know every single detail. You know, we, we've got one friend who actually read a prospectus, if he's listening, I know he and his brother, I think they listen to the show. He he actually, I gave him a prospectus. This is going back 20 years ago. It was uh it was Fidelity. It was a Roth IRA and you know mutual funds. And we were supposed to, by law, give a prospectus before we do the application. And I was a good kid and I did that. So I don't know, like a week later, he comes in to actually do the application and bring a check and he brings the prospectus with him. I'm like, oh, so that's one of those, you know, hand me a flyer in Las Vegas. It's like, here, you throw this away. So I just figured he was bringing it back to me to throw it away. And he has stuff highlighted. This is not one of the summary prospectus that's like, you know, 20 pages. It's a prospectus. It looks like a phone book. And I'm like, holy <laughs> cow. And, if it, uh, you know, oddly enough, the stuff he had highlighted, I knew, you know, I'm, I know this is ridiculous, but I used to read prospectuses because I wanted to understand what I was doing. And he highlighted stuff and it was really good stuff he highlighted. He wanted to know more about the expense ratios and certain things, break points. So I was able to explain all that to him, which was good. I mean, it would look kind of bad to say, let me get back to you on all this. Will you sell me stuff and you don't understand it? Correct. That's what people in sales do. It's all about the bottom line. It's all about making money. Just set that perspective down, buy something, get the heck out. Anyway, so yeah, we've had people that are very, very critical thinking. They want the information. We, you and I, offset each other. I am more big picture storyteller. You are more get to the point, give the information. And I think that's good. We actually have clients, if they want to be in and the out of the office faster, they want to see you. And we have clients that come in to have an afternoon at Rochford and Associates on 98th <laughs> Avenue, and they want to sit with me. And I mean, you're used to it now, but that used to drive you nuts. You were like, what? can possibly take two hours. I'm like, we. this is a family practice. These are our friends and our family. We don't have the pressures and quotas of, let's just throw a financial firm. Let's use Wells Fargo Financial Advisors because they have a big firm. They open up fake accounts. So we, and our thing, nobody should be rushed. We tell people our average day for you, Anthony, it's not to see six to eight people get them in, get the money from that side of the table to your side of the table and get them out and get the next one in. We don't double book. We do two to three appointments a day. Wrap your mind around that other financial advisors. Three appointments a day is, is that's a, a heavy day for us. You know, we do annual reviews. We, we see people that just need service work. It's, it's, and you know what, even only seeing two or three people a day for us, we're still plenty busy. We're still looking at statements. We're still doing financial plans for people. We stay plenty busy. So how these advisors at high pressure wirehouses how they do it, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, it's because they just no. sell.
3: I mean, obviously you can't do service work if you're seeing eight to 10 people a day or six to eight. It's absolutely insane.
2: No, but then you might get the junior partner that you've never met before. And then that junior partner will allow you 30 minutes you can only ask so many questions. I mean, you, you basically run the clock out, you know, we'll set up another appointment next month. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen some of that too. We've seen some of how slimy this industry can be. I always say next to your health, your money is the second most important thing, at least on this plane. So act accordingly. So what about,
3: uh, Oh, well, you're going to change the topic. I was like, I thought I was going to have to interrupt and babysit. What are we talking about now? Where are we going? I got this
2: stuff. I've got a face for radio and I'm starting to develop a flow for radio. <laughs> you know, I, wonder if I, know. I wonder if people know if, if you've been here in the show for any length of time, you do know, but if you're new here, you have to understand we are 180 degree opposite of most of the radio shows and the financial advisors. You remember the commercials for the lawyer, the anti-lawyer lawyer, he rips his sleeve off and pucks, pushes over the bookshelf. That was always so catchy to me because come on. I mean, it, there is a general consensus that attorneys can be kind of shady. You know, not our friend, Mike, we've got an attorney named Mike does wills and trusts. He's a good one. He's one of the good ones, but there's a lot of them that are pretty slimy. <laughs> you know, what's the old joke? Uh, what do you call it when there's 10,000 lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? Well, step in the right direction. <laughs> so, but I don't know. I mean, I look at us like we're the anti-financial advisor advisors. You know, I mean, we don't look the part. We we only will wear a suit and tie if we need to go downtown or whatever, you know, we helped a client whose family was giving them some hard times. We went to court with this woman to basically say what we knew about it. We wore a suit and a tie. In the office, we wear a polo shirt with our monogram on it. I'm getting kind of long hair. I've had one haircut in the last year. So, and people are noticing that right away. And they're like, oh, what's with the hair? I'm like, yeah, don't you like it? i wearing a suit jacket right now. I'm wearing a sport coat with a t-shirt on. And <laughs> underneath, I'm wearing a pair of shorts. I mean, we're recording a radio show. So I stand (laughs) up like we're on TV. I stood up and actually tried to show my shorts. You know, at least I'm wearing pants today. They're short, but they're still pants. No, it's, it's, (laughs) yeah, no, I'm wearing a sport coat because I, I kind of, some of these days I'm up too late and I get up right before the show and I put on whatever shirt is first in the closet. And today I didn't even get to a shirt, but I had a t-shirt near the bed and I had a sport coat on the chair and I was like, perfect. (laughs) That's, you know, this is the like new Don Johnson of Miami vice in the eighties. Look. Everybody's wearing a black T-shirt and a sport coat, right? Is that the thing now? Is that what you kids are doing? Or do I there just look go. like a, a ridiculous? I mean, all right. This was, is not. This actually, is. I love a
3: casual suit, but yeah. What were? I tried to change the topic. You said, "Oh, I don't need you to change the topic because I'm an adult." And then you went on another tangent. What are we talking about next? What else is in the news? Tell that me was more. was another
2: mini Jr. impersonation. I like that, yeah. Anthony. That this was really a good, name. Adam. I've known yeah. you for too long. Yeah. So, um, quick shout out before we get to the next topic. Oh, Thank you very my.
3: much. Yeah, we're never going to get to another topic.
2: So quick shout out to Throne <laughs> on Bell Road and 67th, our server Dawn, wonderful as usual. Hilarious, by the way. Dawn, we need to oh, get you listening great. to this. Yeah, she's good. You know, we, we have 10 to 20 people show up with these things, and she keeps up with it like nothing. Mm-hmm. And if you give Dawn a hard time, she gives it right back. So that's good. So Throne, make sure you frequent Throne let's get into something financial. We are always giving you these news stories. We're showing you stuff to watch. You know, we're, we're telling you that things are not as they appear. So we have to have solutions. If we give you problems, we better give you solutions. I mentioned one in the, in the first part of the show, you know, if you've got money sitting in a bank, if you've got a CD, you know, we can help you with instead of a bank, we use an insurance company. So I actually think your money's safer You know, we look at the strength of the company. We look at their assets. We look at how they manage your money and what they invest in. We look at the reserves. You know, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation that's over your CDs and your banking products, your money markets, they have roughly 1% coverage. You know, I mean, make sure you make your way to FDIC.gov and look that up. The D-I-F, that Deposit Insurance Fund, it is broke. If you're Mark Cuban, you'll get your five to seven million. If you are Anthony Crayle, you probably will not. So it's this world is nothing but the haves versus the have nots, and it ain't getting better. What does George Carlin say? It's a big club and you ain't in it. So we we have ideas. Your big thing is income over assets. My big thing is dig a spider hole in your backyard because they're all coming to get us. My mom used to say, and I know she stole it from somebody. She's just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. So I'm always worried that things are going to get chaotic. You are more worried about normal planning. Do you want to talk for a second about why you think income over assets is important? And then let me talk about a little end of the world planning.
3: I mean, we can, but- I mean, it's a real, real simple concept. You spend your entire life working. You you may overspend. You make me- some bad financial choices, but you're working, so you know you have income coming in. And when we made the switch to 401ks over pensions, it wasn't for your benefit. It was forcing you to pay for your retirement, so the companies didn't have to fit the bill anymore. We're in, right now we're taught to accumulate assets, so you spend your whole life income, 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 income. You're not living off your assets. Now you're going to retire and try to live that life of leisure, and now you're responsible for not running out of your assets. So it's a complete 180 from what you've done your entire working career. So why would you do that? Why wouldn't you continue that you know, tradition of focusing on income? Because if you have income, you can pay for mistakes. If you're living off assets and you make a mistake and you cut your portfolio in half, what are the odds that you're gonna run out of money now? How Can you maintain your lifestyle through death? Do you have any idea? You don't, you have nothing to count on. So we're really big on self-funding your own pensions uh, focusing on income, you know if you have a lot of savings and not enough income, you spend down your savings. If you have a lot of income and not enough savings, you build up your savings. It's the exact same mindset as working yet we're taught in retirement now assets are the key. Have a million dollars, have two million dollars. It doesn't matter. We handle finances for people on a true fixed income who very strict budgets barely getting by. And we've got multimillionaires and the people that are happy and happiest in retirement have excess income. They're not always millionaires. They're not always very wealthy, but what they do is they've got pensions that they can count on. So big fan of that.
2: The number one fear of retirees is running out of their money. I mean, it's, yeah, we see it day in, day out. And it's funny because you can do the right things, you can listen to the radio people and they'll say, put your money in a good growth mutual fund, you know, an S&P 500, you know, don't try to time the market, you know, and, and I can tell you that's garbage advice. You know, the old buy and hold that really died around the tech bubble time. It's just bad advice. You have to watch your stuff. I mean, when my grandfather told me about money when I was a kid, you know, some of the, there were rules. You need to save more than you spend. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Come on. It was before high-frequency trading computers and marijuana stocks. You know, you, now you should put all your eggs in one basket and watch the heck out of that basket. I mean, it's it's a different day and age. You know, you when you when you look at what's going on in the world, you know, you can do the right thing. You can buy your good growth fund. Don't try to time the market. And then 2008 comes around and whacks you down by 40 or 50%. You know, that that's great if you're in your 20s. That means you have huge opportunities. If you're doing a Roth IRA and you're putting in 50 bucks a month, Cause that's all you can really spare. And the market gets cut in half, bump it up to a hundred. I mean, you know, where do people create wealth? They, out of bad times when the housing market took a dump, you know, when you look at 2008, that timeframe, the people that had the money on the side and they bought a house now it's worth twice that or more so that they went good for them. The people that had to sell, not so good. You know these these stock market right now, these financial markets—the Russell 2000, the Dow Jones, the S the Nasdaq—they're they're just hovering at all time highs. You know, 2022, be damned, it's over. You know, it's 2023 now, everything's okay again. You know, until the next virus or whatever happens. And it, it's funny because we're telling people at least be awake, be aware, be nimble, be ready to act if that starts changing. If we get a different currency, you know, any kind of shock to the system, could change things rapidly. So we want you ready. And I'll lead that right into, here is a totally different concept for financial planning. Let's say you do the right things. You sit with Anthony, which is the right thing to do. Give him a call at 623-523-0444. Set up a time, to sit down. He gets you, so you have a base. You have a foundation. You've got your Medicare and your supplement or your Advantage plan if you're over 65. You've started your Social Security So we look at your income, you've got cash at home because you've been listening to another money show, you've got enough in the bank to cover your bills, and then he gets you all set up to have an income you can never outlive. You've got a solid base, a good foundation, you don't have to worry, he always diversifies, don't get me wrong, we don't put all of your money into the income, you also have money for advantages in the stock market, he can help you with with managed money, so you have some money in, in, you know, exciting stuff, the stock bond world. And then he'll keep a position in cash for opportunities. So all of that's done. And then all of a sudden, I happen by, I'm going to tell you some more extreme measures. You know, the big one that we get is always gold and silver, especially these last six months, because if you listen to any kind of AM radio, and if you're here with us right now, you probably do. So if you listen to AM radio, every other commercial is a precious metals dealer. It's it's amazing. Well, there's a reason for that. The fiat currency is at the end of its lifespan. You know, is it going to be gone next Wednesday? Probably not. But is is our dollar going to be the king in 20 years? Probably not. So I think the dollar's devaluing. Things are going crazy. Gold and silver has been around in history. That is God's money. That is a store of value. That is a hard asset. That is something tangible. You can take a silver coin and go into a store and buy something with it. You know, if it's pre 1964, if it's, if it's, they call it junk silver. I think it's anything but junk. If it's 90% silver content or higher, that's very valuable stuff right now. But, you know, if you have a quarter, you know, you can at least use it as a quarter. It's at least worth face value. You can't say that about the dollar. The erosion of the buying power of the dollar over the last decades is shocking. So, but with this precious metals, so it, it's a wonderful thing. What I've been telling people lately, if you have gold and silver, hang on to it at all costs. It's not a super great time to purchase because the scarcity is a problem. You know, the, the other problem is is basically the, the price. You know, the markup over spot prices is, is really high. So it's a tough time to buy. And you know what? Moderation is the key. So when people are huge gold bugs, I hope that's not a derogatory term to those of you that like gold better than you like the dollar because actually I think that's smart. But for the people that are, are heavily into gold and silver, one thing I will tell you, be careful because, and I'm going to be rude for a second. If I'm in a motorcycle club or I'm a veteran with a bunch of you know other veterans that, that aren't, you know, I want to feed my family before I care about yours. If you have a gold coin and gold goes to twenty thousand dollars an ounce, and I have an AR fifteen or one of those scary, you know, shoot 'em up guns. And you want to buy my rifle because you didn't have one of those? You're not going to get it, but I shall be able to relieve you of your precious metals. So be careful. You know wh- how do you how do you get around that? You have a you have other people that are friendlies. You know, you make sure you know other people. You make sure you have a plan for that. If gold's twenty thousand an ounce, you, you you're going to take that coin, you're going to take one gold coin and go buy a loaf of bread with it and ask for change, you know, it makes you a target, you know, and I would say if the stores close, if if Walmart closes, you know, you're not gonna be able to barter anyway. Speaking of barter, roughly 12% of the country has noticeable amounts of gold and silver. So if you're thinking you're going to barter amongst other people, and that's the new currency, which I hope it is one day, you know, the, the problem is you've knocked out 88% of your barter base. That means we're a very small community that can barter with gold and silver, so that that's tougher. Well, Jerry, what's your answer then? You know, you said don't be in the bank. You know, my answer is this: diversification. Put some money in insurance companies. Make sure you have everything in your normal financial planning set on autopilot. And then, the money that you're going to use for gold and silver, first of all, buy more silver than gold. Maybe right now, because it's it's actually it should rise faster than gold. It's more affordable. It's heavy. You know, if you take $10,000 of gold you can walk around with in your pocket, you take $10,000 worth of silver, you cannot, you need a little red wagon with a handle. So, but when you're looking at these metals, you know, and, and by the way, there are fractional gold coins, there are ways to buy gold that you can still barter. But when you go to use that coin, you could be a target. That's scary. You can't eat it. I talk about that all the time. There's not that many people you can barter with. So what's the answer? Well, diversification, I think you should start with food, water, guns, ammo, tools, natural medicine, maybe pharmaceutical medicine. You need to have things, you know, three years ago, if you were in the community that wanted to talk about this, if you had ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, people were paying big money to get that from you you know, they couldn't get it elsewhere. You know, the toilet paper shortage, the great toilet paper shortage of what April of 2020, you know, toilet paper was worth gold. <laughs> you, you at least you could wipe your, yeah, you, you could use it. What were you gonna do with your gold <laughs> coin when you couldn't buy toilet paper? All of a sudden toilet paper was worth gold. So, and gold was worth toilet paper. Just kidding. So I, I would say, and, and sometimes when I, depending on who I'm talking to, I get pretty in depth with this. I think even if you don't smoke or drink, if you're worried about the world and you think it could go south, you should have some alcohol. Don't go to Sam's Club or Costco and try to save money and buy the big bottle. What are you going to do? Have a little, you're going to barter with, you know, have a shot glass and give people a shot. No, they're going to take your whole bottle from you. So I would go to Total Wine and More or Bevmore, one of those. And I would go to the back of the store. Don't buy the Jack Daniels and the, the name brand. Go look for the knockoff Like we used to call them airplane bottles. Look for the one ounce bottles of alcohol. You know, my wife and I put a little bit of money into that stuff. Not a lot. You know, I mean, I don't want, you know, to be a, I don't want doomsday pirates to come take it all, but we have some, we're diversified. So, you know, you, you get the five major food groups, make sure you get tequila, rum, vodka, whiskey, you know, so make sure you get a a sampling, put them in one of those Tupperware bins and put it under your bed. You know, in about 10 years, it'll start evaporating even if it's not open, but I don't think you're going to have to have it 10 years. And let's say that, you know, what doesn't hit the fan and you're sitting here with all these mini bottles, drink them, have a good time, give them to people that drink, (laughs) go to Albertsons and buy a pinata and fill it with little bottles and have an adult party and whack that thing till bottles fall out and then drink them. You know, same thing with food. You know, you can't really stock up on ice cream or or bread or milk, but you can stock up on canned goods. You can go to the LDS. I don't know the name of it, but it's on like bell road, you know, they sell canned goods and it's everything, rice and beans and oatmeal, hot chocolate. They have hot chocolate. By the way, cocoa has gone up 44% year to date. So get ready this winter to pay more for your hot chocolate. Eh, just a sideline. So, you know, get food, get something with good shelf life. Let's say you buy 10 cases of peas and beans and corns and you keep them somewhere dry. If you have room in your pantry, if not put them under a bed or whatever. And then a year goes by and I'm totally wrong. The stock market keeps going, you know, all of a sudden everything's okay. Donate it. Be a hero. Go by St. Vincent de Paul or or St. Mary's and drop it off. Don't even give your name. Just drop it off and help people that are food insecure or send it to Ukraine because they always need to be fed too. (laughs) So I think you should have food and water. I think you should call our friend Marcy. Invest a little bit of money in a tower garden. It's just an indoor garden. It's a little aquaponics garden. You got to have water. You know, the biggest thing about staying alive, you better have water. Even if you buy some freeze-dried food or some number 10 cans, got to have water. So make sure you have a water source. You know, you, you can go online and find something called a water bob. It's a little bladder that you put in your bathtub. If you have two bathtubs, buy two of them. And you and if things are weird and it seems like there might be any kind of a disruption, you fill these things with water. Then if you don't need it, you just drain it. So it's it's there's these little ideas. And as much as traditional financial planning says that you should have your insurance, you should have your income base, you know, end of the world planning says you should also have food and water because that might be the new gold one day. And we don't know, but if you haven't, you don't need it, so what? If you need it and you don't have it, you have a problem. So, well, and this I know this is kind of taking a little bit of a negative turn, but it's not negative. We want you prepared, not scared. If you put $500 in alcohol and tobacco and and food and water and all that, and you don't need it, so what? You have hard assets. You can trade it with people and give it away and inherit it to your grandkids. If you don't have it and things get squirrely, you're going to think back and go, oh, eh, maybe I should have had that. So I don't know. It, we are in such uncharted territory. We do have to cover it all. And good luck and if finding we're that. are
3: facing inflation, I mean, hard assets are your best fight against that. So you're going to have a need for food. You're going to have a need for booze. I mean, you may not have a need, but it, it makes everything a little bit better. So I don't know. I, I don't well, think I mean, it's. And it's not breaking the bank, you know, when you talk about buying extra food, extra water. I mean, this is like a few hundred bucks is all you really need for this. It's nothing. And it takes
2: money out of the bank. If you can reposition your assets for a more favorable result, look for things that are outside of the normal buying. You know, I used to make jokes that, you know, you're going to change. We're going to have two different practices within our practice and you'll be thoughts and prayers, financial, and I'll be doomsday preppers. You know, you're going to have the happy news and I'll have the not so happy news for people. But the good news is we're going to get you covered. You know, our whole goal in life, one person, one couple, one family at a time, we're going to address your situation, make sure you're as bulletproof as you can be, and then have a nice day. With Uh, that said. Yeah. Yes, sir. I
3: was going to say that is unfortunately the end of our show today. If you like what you heard, if you have questions about any of the topics we've talked about today. Um, or you want us to review your personal situation, again, you can reach us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. You can find us on the web, anothermoneyshow.com. You can book appointments there. There's a contact link. Um, If you like uh, what you heard and want to hear more of us, you can listen to Another Money Show on our website or as a podcast, uh, Google, Spotify, Apple, all those. Remember, there are no minimums. There are no costs for appointments. There's nothing to lose by getting a second second opinion on your financial situation. Until then, we will see you next Saturday right here on 960 The Patriot at noon.
1: Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com.
0: Fixed annuities, including multi-year guaranteed rate annuities, are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuer.
1: At Rochford & Associates, we know the road to financial freedom is not a straight path, and the journey is different for every family. And in times like these, we want you to feel confident that you're safely on track to meet your retirement goals.
2: We want to ask you to prepare for economic chaos. We want you to prepare for bank volatility. We want you to ensure and protect your assets with a smart plan.
1: Our team can help you make the most of your hard earned savings using strategies that are right for
2: you. I want more people to sit down with us. When we talk about a financial plan, it's different for every person we meet. We tailor make our plans.
1: Schedule your no-obligation consultation today by calling 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. Rochford & Associates, veteran-owned and proud to serve Americans like you.